0: Awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch and recap television shows you really enjoy, and talk about how the themes, concept, and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I'm your host, Jeremy, and I am joined by my co-host Afief, who is currently claiming that he has nothing against fish people. Uh some of your best friends are fish people, and i don't know why you're looking at him like that.
1: Uh poor you, you <laughs> threw me for a loop there <laughs> I
0: did, uh, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, yes. I got him I got him audience
1: I had a lot of fish friends growing up That's all I'm going to say oh, okay.
0: like, Alright that's yeah. fair That's fair Because uh, this episode we get a lot more Arlong um, We get a, a bit more of his, his whole thing Because uh, we are talking about episode 6 Of season 1 of uh, One Piece on Netflix 2023 The Chef and the Chore Boy In which Sanjay Sanji, Sanjay, I keep wanting to say Sanjay uh, Sanji, and head chef Zeph put their differences aside to save a severely wounded Zoro, a ruthless fish man on a mission, stirs up trouble for, f- up trouble for the crew. Um, yeah, I honestly, speaking of when Arlong shows up, I had forgotten why he was looking for them. Um, I knew he was a bad person. I knew we didn't want him around, but I forgot why he actually wanted Luffy and the rest of them.
1: Uh, I did as well. Yeah, that's yeah. you're not alone.
0: No. Uh, and not much happens in the episode. Um, Zoro's wounded. Um, they fix him. There's a flashback while he recovers where we learn about Sanji's backstory. um Arlong shows up at the the fish restaurant uh he's after Luffy. They confront him um they uh well Nami betrays them that's that's a whole big thing. uh then they leave and they decide no, we're gonna go after Nami. That's it. That's all that happens yeah There's we, a lot all of talking. Know,
1: we all know Nami's good. Nami's going to be good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um I mean she has her friends she love. She's friends with um with is she friends with Zoro or do you reckon there's a bit of romance there?
1: Um I reckon friends.
0: Yeah, I reckon friends as well. I ship her with Sanji too much to to ship her with Zoro. It's just like they're the older brother and sister to Luffy's ridiculous younger brother. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Usopp's his best friend, who does all the stupid shit with him, and Sanji's like the kid next door.
1: Um, yeah, I guess Sanji's like the rich yeah. kid next door, except
0: That's he's true. not rich. Yeah, this is a, an interesting element. Like, is a D and D party or an adventuring party? Are they a workplace or are they a family? Like, are they the the found family idea? Or do they just have this is the job I do? Am I the, the um, heist person? Well, it
1: depends depends on their motivations, I guess, for adventuring together. I'd say it's mm, not yes. it's probably less less of a workplace. you reckon?
0: Yeah. I think that's pretty <laughs> fair. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I just wanted to try and throw you again. No, I think that I think that's right. It's um it really does depend on, on what kind of adventuring group you have. I like the idea that they become a family over time. That's the kind of fiction that I really enjoy. And I, I know it's sad. What's the term, the Nakana? Oh, well, there's a Japanese term for it. Um, speaking of family, let's talk about Zeph and Sanji.
1: Admiral Gar...
0: Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that
1: whole thing? Yeah, that that, that took a backseat again. Yeah,
0: I feel well, it should. Like, it really doesn't matter that much. Like, it's explained to to Kobe. Like, I always wanted to be a marine, and he fought me every length of the way. And well, that's it.
1: And then Nami's like the one player who's like really invested in that particular kind of plot detail, and the DM yeah. keeps like moving away from.
0: It. Well, the DM keeps being like, "Yeah, yeah," bring it up, and Luffy's players like, "No." No, we're doing something else. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah. We're doing that. We're doing this. We're doing that. And it's like, um, you, you just came up with it on the fly, didn't you? Yeah. It's going to come up eventually, but I'm done with it for now. Oh. um, I was actually expecting Zeph and, and Sanji to be father and son. Like, not just found family father Yeah, and son.
1: I Yeah, I thought that was as well. So I was pleasantly surprised
0: yeah that you were pleasantly surprised that he basically saved him from drowning and um ate his own leg to to keep this kid alive.
1: I don't think eating your own leg helps much.
0: no, it's really bad for you, not just like for your leg, like it's not good for your your health. yeah <laughs> wow. If we're gonna make a list of dumb shit I've said on this podcast, I feel like that's gonna be tough.
1: Eating your, your own, own leg, leg is
0: not, not bad good for thing. your health. When you die, you've lost a very important, important part of your life. Oh, um, Amazing. No, okay. So, firstly, how did they get up on that giant rock? Um, yeah, that's... Like this is, yeah. That's questions. Um, secondly, at what point did you realize that Seth had eaten his own leg?
1: Oh... Um, pretty quickly, I think. Like, as soon as it was missing.
0: Well, see, I realized, like, 20 days before that, because they had the little Chiron came up saying, like, day four, day five, day 25, day 50. I was just like, do and he's starting to run out of food. I'm like, oh, well, oh shit, Zeph's only got one leg. He ate his fucking leg. And oh. or he fed his leg to, yeah, to yeah, Sanjay yeah. to keep him alive or something, but that's why he's got one leg. And then it went to day 70 where he discovers he's been eating his leg. So I feel I feel pretty fucking smart for picking it a good twenty days before it happened, when really it was only like twenty seconds before the reveal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, and, okay, this is where we talk about Zeph and his amazing mustache, which should look ridiculous, wiggling about every time he talks. It wiggles
1: so much when he talks. It
0: wiggles so much, but I love it. It is just that perfect level of comic with this incredibly menacing guy who it's knows the how- funny, because
1: wiggling is exactly how you would animate. Like, I haven't watched the animated, but, like, there's no way that that's not how they do it when he's talking. Like, yeah. Just have well,
0: a lot of them. I think it's one of those cases where they've animated it because that's how people with like massive mustaches like that look when they talk. Like yeah. it's just good animation. It's not like they tried to make him move the way the animation would work. It's the other way around. But yeah, it's just that's just really, really good. I love that he used to be a pirate. That was awesome. Um I love that he just like really is really into food and that he and he and Sanji have their like their little banters about um oregano I refuse to call it oregano
1: oregano oh, oh is for savage I like that he was willing to that was like his <laughs> that was he was willing to die with those as his final words like
0: it's so foodie isn't it I mean um, I liked so I, I, I was I was thinking he was more likely to, like, kill someone for putting um, oregano in in soup or whatever it was, rather than, I can't die because I don't know about the all blue yet. It's Like, no. Yeah. No, that's, you're going to (laughs) die. Like, that's something you can actually die from not knowing about. (laughs) But Yeah, I I just really love their dynamic and um, (laughs) the way they talk to each other.
1: What was his, like, actual pirate name? But I oh, like when they were they were talking about it, it was because his boots were stained red. Like that was the
0: Yeah, I think it was just red boots. I think it was Zeph uh, Red Boots. Oh, red red legs. Red something. legs, that's right, because of the blood yeah. of his enemies. Uh he always wears. That's, cool, that's such a cool that's such a cool just one
1: line one liner to describe a character, like yeah.
0: Yeah. What would your characters What may give a one line to describe your characters in a cool uh way like short that. legs short legs because his legs are short.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I would have said uh, something like nice coat because he wears a nice coat all the time. Oh, I
1: don't I don't wear a nice coat all the time.
0: Oh no, I said play a character. I wasn't talking about you. Oh, oh. it's because you're <coughs> short. Yep. That's why you said uh, short yeah. legs. Okay. <coughs> no, right. I, was right, 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 right. I was talking about my character. I was
1: talking about my character. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and I do yeah. have a nice coat, so that applies for me as well. <laughs> Let's the move last on before. The character
1: I played w- was like a, a lizard folk. Would so probably just be like <laughs> lizard brain. Like,
0: yeah, lizard brain. <laughs> lizard
1: brain's not bad.
0: Monkey it's, lizard, it's brain. A lizard brain. It's a lizard brain. Lizard <laughs> brain. <laughs> All right. We were saying off air that um, you didn't like the 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 toxic masculinity of Zaph. Yes. I, well.
1: He's got, he's, got, he's got positive emotions, but he's not positive in how he shows those. I think.
0: No. No, I think that's very true. That he has his way of doing things, and he's very much wants, wants um, Sanji to do Sanji's things. But it's like, well, while you're under my roof, you follow my rules. Once you're out from my roof, do whatever you want, because that's your time. Yeah. And I think that scene at the end... Where he's very much giving his permission to go. Like, he's telling Sanji, no, no, you need to go and follow your dreams. You need to, yeah, like, just go bad and
1: live. communicators. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> they loved it so much. It just felt like, you want my permission? You got it. I love you, son. You too, dad.
1: What was. Oh, there was something else where they were, like, talking. I love it when, like, characters, yeah. like, yell at each other how much they love each other and stuff. Like,
0: And And they seem so angry about it. It's so great. Oh, it's like, maybe I should just go. Yes, this is what I want you to do. You are doing the thing I want. I sound very angry, but I am happy. Oh, Um, I want to create a character now who always sounds really angry when they're pleased.
1: There's a a bit. I've never watched the show Billionaires, but Mm -hmm. I've seen just this one clip of this one scene where it's like, Where the guy just says, like, pretend like we're fighting. And they're in, like, a glass room and, like, everyone else is watching them from outside. It's like, I love you, man. I'd die for you. But it just looks like he's, like, knocking over the things on the table and stuff like
0: that. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, that that kind of, like, disconnect, that dissonance between how they're acting and what they're they're feeling inside is really great. I really want to, um, particularly I find this with Barbarian Rages in D&D. That whenever I'm running a one shot and all new players, I always ask them what the rage looks like. Are they throbbing at the mouth? Are they like vein popping out of the side of their head? Or are they just like steely, like terminator stare at people? And I always love it when occasionally someone will go, No, he's crying. Like he's got those rage tears and his like face is all bunched up and he's like all red. He's like he's swinging around with the axe and like slaughtering people, but he looks so sad. <laughs> he's just like having a tantrum like that I I, I I adore because that's that kind of thing it's like I'm crying for you <laughs> cuz you're going to be in a world of pain um, oh.
1: yeah I love that yeah
0: yeah and um. just Zeph and Sanji are just perfect for for that sort of thing cuz they do not get but then they had that really touching scene at the end like where it feels like he's going to see he's just going to leave and Zeph comes out and is like, keep your feet dry. And it's like, oh, because he cares. And this is the only way he can, can say it.
1: Because that's all he learned from being a pirate was to not walk in blood all the time. Like,
0: Yeah, this is a, a real thing. Always keep a spare pair of socks. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, People um... forget this when they're playing D&D, that like, the importance of having spare equipment is like a real Real enjoyable. Actually, here, here is the thing. There's, um. well, I just realized this. It's not even in the rundown sheet. It's great. So the whole time they're on the island, I was thinking about like survival games and Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games where the point of the thing is to survive and the game master makes all these hardships and you've got to make those choices. Well, we've got so much food. Do we have to resort to cannibalism and that sort of stuff? And it's very much about the game that you're playing. Like if you want a survival horror game, you remember that stuff. If yep. you want to have that bookkeeping, you act have that sort of sort of accountancy for it. Zef's playing that sort of game, where he didn't realize at the start because he had all the treasure. He's like, "No, I'm just an adventurer who's got all this treasure. Now I got to oh shit, I got to bring food too. That wasn't part of the plan. All right, fine, I guess I'm eating my leg now. Um, but because of that, he now knows. No, you need extra socks. Like, we're going to go through the whole conditions list and we're going to make sure you've got everything to avoid this. Yeah.
1: I'm still wondering how they ended up on the top of that rock, you know?
0: Well, I reckon it was a big enough storm that I reckon those waves were just, like, hitting the top of that rock. That's definitely, problems.
1: like, the DM was like, this will make, like, a really cool kind of battleground or whatever for an encounter. And then the player's like, how did yeah. we get up there? It's like, oh, it was a big wave. It was a big wave. The wave's were really big.
0: So, yeah. yeah. Reminds me of a thing I kept seeing on Tumblr where somebody was saying, I've ridden myself into a corner because I've got a, a city where the party is always at. And they've gone back in time to the founding of the city. And there's a mountain there that's not there in the present day. And I forgot when I was describing it. <laughs> and um, one of the players, as they left, was like, wow, I really want to know what happened to the mountain. It's like, fuck, I do too. <laughs> like, where did it go?
1: Happens, yeah.
0: Uh, this is where you shouldn't read box text and steal from other people. It's like no, no. Paraphrase your box text.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh. um, what else? Uh, let's talk about the wound. Speaking of uh, of Zeph's leg, and yeah. going into the disc- well, basically that big cut across Zoro's chest.
1: The healer feet. He's got the healer feet. Well, well the- exactly. No, not the healer one. The cooking one. The cook one. What's the cook one? I think the cook one gives yeah, you no, temp yeah. HP, but like same defense, okay.
0: right? So that you reckon that's what happened? They gave him ten HP um, from for medicine checks and stuff.
1: What isn't there a feat like a cooking one? No, it's oh, it's called chef. Probably there we go. Um, what does it do? Yeah, plus one. Oh, not plus one, but yeah, constitutional wisdom goes up by one. That's
0: Efficiency nice. Efficiency with not,
1: cook's wait. utensils. Did you say
0: constitutional know. wisdom? What the fuck is constitutional wi- constitution or wisdom? Oh, okay. no,
1: constitutional wisdom. It's, okay, so the it's wisdom like your of your constitution. In- well, your ability to interpret um, you know, the foundational law of your country or whatever yeah, right, right, kingdom right. you yep. exist in. Makes sense. Um,
0: Unless you're still no. in an absolute monarchy.
1: The main thing is, <laughs> as part of a short rest, you can provide, uh, create food for people, blah, 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 equal to your proficiency bonus. Anyone who eats the food gets an extra 1d8 hit points,
0: basically. He didn't eat the food. He put the, the, the fish skin on top of the wound so it wouldn't get infected.
1: His skin's eating it. When you think about it,
0: oh, I see. Yes, that's definitely what it was happening.
1: <laughs> um, I just love—I love food in in video games and stuff like. That. I love food in real life, um, but food's like a pretty common mechanic in a lot of games and things like
0: that. Um, yeah, the classic, like you find a turkey on the ground and you just eat it to regain yeah, health. It's
1: actually—it's very—it's very common in video games, but I think not really so much in tabletop, right?
0: No. In comparison. No, well, th- yeah. Again, this is what I was saying about the whole counting how many rations you've got and what food it is. It's like, food doesn't matter. You just go, cool. It doesn't heal me. I don't have to talk about it. It's just yeah. a number to tick off. And I don't like that. I love the idea of like having the food described and like go, this is a, a tavern that you go to, not because it's got the private dining room and the secret back alleys, but because it does a really good palma. <laughs> and that's what it's famous for. Like that's why you're you're, have the party meet there yeah like that's that's world building that i really enjoy and i I think the food
1: is fun as well because there's a lot of stuff like foods a great kind of vehicle for a lot of like world building and stuff as well because it's Mm. it's such an integral part of like your day-to-day life so you can be you can get like really excited with it you know and then all of a sudden people like oh what's this thing you know that sounds that sounds really neat and
0: I mean, there's a reason why Wizards of the Coast has brought out two cookbooks for um, two. for Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. There's uh, Heroes' Feast and then Heroes' Feast, Masters of the Multiverse. I mean, Critical Role's brought out one with ex- Exquisite Exandria. Like, oh, I didn't realise
1: a are... second
0: one. Yeah, well, I happen to be looking at it right now. Oh, <laughs> well, I, Available I'm at I'm all good bookshops. Now.
1: I'm getting excited and uh,
0: hungry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> glad you said hungry. Um... Yeah, that food is such a, a key element. I think it's because food often feels like a key element of storytelling to me. But it's not so much in in role-playing. And I'm wondering is it's because we just, when we're role-playing, we just eat food. Like, yeah, it's we're there. We can to just describe
1: have it, you know, like it's not really something that, it's tied to a lot of your other senses that don't work for mm. just, you know, <laughs> imagination.
0: Mm. Like, smell is a good one to, to talk about when you're describing a city or, like, a dungeon or something, because that's a bit more visceral. But if you're trying, like, that's the the rule I usually use. I'll say, here is what you see, here is what you hear, here is what you smell. Yeah. And those are the three things, so they get a better sense of it. It's like, well, I can say it's cold, because that's kind of what they're feeling. But temperature-wise, like I'm texture, not too fast. Like texture, yeah. And texture, like maybe. That. Yeah. But taste, I just ignore entirely. Because they really have yeah. to be like, "Oh, I'm going to lick the dungeon wall to find out what it tastes like.
1: I've had a lot of players do that.
0: I had a character licking books just recently. So, yeah, I can see why. But, yeah, I... Let me get on to food. I didn't want to talk about food. I want to talk about wounds. But well, sure, they're, they're all, the they're chef chef's...
1: Eat. Of course, we're yeah, not. they're all chefs. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I did naturally just assume that, yeah, they're chefs. They're gonna know how to fix a wound. Like, why, why would I, they, did, know I, how to I do did that? I did
1: as well. I was I fully as well. Clearly, I they mean, have I some get, sort of bonus. Like, yeah.
0: And particularly, well, if, if like, I was he gets playing out all the good knives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If I was playing a character that was like built around some sort of like food related mechanic, I'd I'd expect to be able to heal people, I guess. Yeah.
0: Oh, now I want to make a food cleric. Yeah, do it. Yeah, where it's just—it's not. They, I know lineage, a lot of just, people. Here's a, here's a cocktail.
1: Um, I did that. I had that idea for a, as a bard, essentially, like they express themselves through cooking, and so like oh, yeah, bardic inspiration would just be like throwing them a snack. You know, throwing an ally a snack. Here's a little pick me up.
0: Here's a little Snickers bar. So, and, like,
1: song of rest was just like soup of rest and
0: see i feel that um cook in particular or chef is like a background you have it's not the the class yes. you have obviously but it doesn't tie in with the class it's just something that adds the flavor to what you're already doing like i can very easily ah, see a barbarian flavor. chef a warlock chef I like all of these things they work so well like a paladin chef sure it's like all of those things work very well but you're not. Okay, what just would getting, be, I'm a chef.
1: <laughs> I'm getting off track here, but like, what would the different uh, like classes cook? You know, because you said paladin chef, and I'm like, oh, he's that's just like health food. That's like boiled chicken and yeah. broccoli. Like,
0: yeah, the paladin chef is the the no pain no gain um, attitude. Getting up at three a.m. to. <laughs> to eat the boiled Ugh. chicken and rice so you, you're fit and healthy. But it's very much about no, no, I'm bringing out the good word of health food and making sure everyone's a vegetarian, everyone's eating ethically. Yeah. And you say off track. This is exactly what this podcast is for. Don't you, don't <laughs> pretend it's not. Um, so yeah, that's the paladin. The paladin is the food devotee who's all, bringing the health, message, the it's good like food. Health stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but it's very I much bringing a message than... to other people.
1: Is it? Or is that the cleric?
0: No, I think the cleric is... This is just my general belief of the way I play the characters. Clerics, they're like, yeah, I believe all that stuff, but it's for me. It doesn't have to be for you. Whereas the paladin is like, no, no, this is for everyone. And I will protect oh. you with my life and give you a good meal.
1: I think paladin's just got a strict diet and has good discipline, you know, like... <laughs> That works too.
0: <laughs> what about the monk then?
1: The monk—they just don't eat.
0: They just don't eat. Well, they don't <laughs> need to at a certain level.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I like druids. Obviously, I love veg- making foodies uh, vegetarian.
0: Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh, oh, are they?
1: Oh, yes,
0: maybe. Yeah, I like the. I like the idea of making a druid who is purely carnivore. Like, no, no, I am a Always predator. I got the- <laughs>
1: Like, like this I am part of nature. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I only I eat like a can catch
1: while I'm in wild shape form. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. I only eat while in wild shape. So I'm just like a bear tearing apart some sheep or something.
1: Oh, that'd be so oh, interesting. Well, like how you digest food differently. Like can a druid just turn into a cow and just live off grass? Like,
0: Potentially. <laughs> it's concerning, but yes, I guess. Because if
1: you're in, like, a survival situation, you know, it's like there's no actual food, but there's plenty of grass, right? Just turn into an animal that yeah. your calorie needs lower if you're just a little squirrel, like.
0: Well, they would be until you change back and you've only got a limited yeah. amount of time you can do it. I'd be more concerned that the rest of the party goes, so you can just change into a cow and we'll cut one of your legs off and then you change <laughs> back. Because <laughs> we'll kill you if way- you turn back into you. <laughs>
1: That one would actually work. That's, the, that's, that's what Zeph should have done, honestly. <laughs> yeah.
0: What an idiot. <laughs> I love that they didn't even try to fish. No. <laughs>
1: well, there were, like, the supplies on, like, the first day or whatever. He saw, like, the sinking ship and, like, there were the crates below him. and kind of. Oh, is that
0: what he was looking at? Okay.
1: I thought they, was gonna, I thought they were going to do something with that, but... Uh,
0: yeah, I thought they were going to, like, make a rope or something and climb down and get them. I guess they didn't have time. Um, I'm to okay, I'm going, I want to go back to wounds. This is this is where he got off track, uh, which I loved. By the way, I could go through all the classes and talk about how they could be chefs, but wounds and their descriptions. Because the big cut across Zoro's chest, yeah, did not look like a lethal wound.
1: Uh, it did not.
0: No, it did not. Like it didn't cut him in half or anything like that. As cool as the the whole thing was, and I was wondering about. When you describe someone getting hit, like, at what point do you say, well, they're not going to survive that? Like, is that when they reach zero hit points? Do you describe where they've been hit or you just, yeah, you hit them?
1: Um, it depends if you've got the sort of players as well that are going to try and leverage that information, I guess. Because
0: um, I think that's the key, but- that they're going to leverage it. Oh, you cut his hand off? He's only He's got disadvantage on, like, attacks now, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, technically,
1: technically in the rules, hit points are an abstract representation of like, you know, it's not like one, every 10 hit points equals one limb or something like that. Um, And it represents the will to fight. So you could like, you know, a a creature dropping to zero hit points could just be a creature giving up. They might physically be fine, you know, but they've just given up fighting essentially.
0: I generally Um, describe it as when they reach under 10%, that's either a relief, like something that will kill them in the next 20 minutes. Like they're going to bleed out. Like you've reached a point where this person will not survive unless they get immediate medical attention. So that means they're going to run. Okay. Yeah. Because that makes sense to me. Like when, and so that's what I kind of factor in. It's like, yeah, you want to do a big hit. That's going to drive it through their side. And like, that's, they get to feel powerful. They get to feel like they've really finished him off. It's like, he's not dead but he will be. And you now get to make the choice. Do you let him go or do you finish him off?
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: And yeah, I, I that's kind of how I describe it because I want to I have those awesome action scenes where they're, you know, chopping off limbs and kill Bill um, in the, in the, What's the the club called? Anyway, where she hunts down Lucy Lou, Like, I want to have those cool scenes and have the, the characters feel like heroes and action stars. But I'm also very aware that, like, you can only take so many arrows to the shoulder or to the knee or something. It's like, oh, great, you did three points of damage. Yeah, he's just like a pin cushion now. Yeah. So coming up um, to the descriptions of what does the wound actually look like and where does it come from? Like, yeah. that, I feel, is trickier, um, particularly when it seems like this is supposed to be a lethal wound for 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 Zorro. Like he is down t- it's him on on death saves essentially. He's stable but not at one point yet. That he's been cut down to zero hit points and if they've just got to wait for him to recover now.
1: Yeah. It's also a great opportunity for a, a scar. It's the other thing. That's true. It is um,
0: a kick-ass scar.
1: Because Luffy got a scar earlier as well. He I did. Can't remember what, I can't remember what, how did he get that again?
0: He stabbed himself in the face.
1: Oh, that's right. That idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. That, stabbed himself cool in the
0: face to prove he <laughs> was purpose. tough enough to be part of a crew. Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon he just feels really stupid about that now?
1: Uh, knowing Luffy, probably not. Honestly, no, probably not. Yeah. Um, thinking of things, speaking of things that are really stupid.
0: Yeah. Fishmen. Fish. Oh fuck! Yes. Okay, we got to talk about the fishmen because all right. Yeah. So it, we've discovered there are at least three races in this world. There are fishmen, there are humans, and there are sheepmen. Right.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Because there was there was Mary the sheep. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, I've been trying to as well. Uh, yeah, and i I was a bit concerned, partly because the way, it felt a little bit like the way the character was being played was a racial stereotype. And then they started having like, no, no, I feel great. I, I'm, I don't, I've got many fisherman friends. I don't have a problem with fishermen. I'm like, oh, you're deliberately doing that because you want yeah. to make a comment about racism and stuff. All right, cool. I'm, I'm on board with this now. I love yeah. Arlong's hat. Um, to tell the truth, I love the look of him, where he's got like this open Hawaiian shirt and like sawfish nose and like a little, I don't know what is it called. It's the things the kids wear in South Park, <laughs> like the little yeah, ear yeah. flaps. And- yeah.
1: Like, I don't know what it's
0: called. What does he need that for? I love it, but what? What the hell, man? Um, yeah, I like I said earlier, I'd forgotten why he was chasing them, um, and it was only when when Nami came out with the map and was like, "No, no, we've got the map. We can go." I was like, "Oh, that's right. They stole the map that he wanted, and Nami's been trying to get it back to him. That's right. I completely forgot about that." Which I feel like you got to kind of remind the party about why villains are coming after them and what the villains doing. It's not just oh, yeah. "there's an ogre over there, go kill him." <laughs> like that's what it felt like to me. Like he needed to show up so the party could be reminded. Oh, by the way, like remember that impetus about why you're adventuring in the first place.
1: Yeah, this is the main quest. Where <laughs> I know you're in the middle of a random encounter, but we're still. This is the main quest.
0: Yeah, we know you got really excited by that uh, that side thing with Mihawk, but But um, we need to we need to actually like do the the proper adventure now. <laughs> uh, how did you feel about? Do you, you saw that Nami was going to betray them all along, didn't you? It wasn't particularly well hidden.
1: Yeah, but you know it's not a it's not a real betrayal because you know she's going to no. side with them eventually,
0: and she she clearly felt bad about it.
1: Um. Yeah, I think this is the type of show, or it feels like the type of show where that's sort of. It's not that Game of Thrones like big, real betrayal, you know. Like, no. um,
0: and even that um, that Luffy's like, "We're gonna go get her back." It's like she betrayed you. He's like, "No, no, she's my friend. Yeah, we'll go talk to her. It'll be fine." My sweet like, boy. I, he he's nice, isn't he? He's a good boy. He's too nice. Yeah, but he seems to be right most of the time. It's a very, uh, anime trope where they're just like, no, no, everything will be fine if I ha- if I'm optimistic.
1: Well, actually that was something interesting I thought about this episode because mm. not to, t- to take away from the fish people, although, was there anything else you wanted to say about the fish people?
0: Not really. I don't really like their design. Um, I get that they're probably for the anime look. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's like, it lo- probably looks better in animation or.
0: Yeah. They did a good job. Like, I think they... I don't like the design. I think they've done a very good job of translating what was in the manga and the anime to live action. Yeah. Just, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I think it just looks kind of awkward and clunky.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, no. Um, what I was going to say... Um, uh, no, because, like, Luffy's a pretty... From what we've seen of him so far, he's a pretty one-dimensional sort of character. And a lot of them yeah. are, right? Like, yeah. Zoro's got his whole, like which is pretty classic for, like, um, a player character, you know. To That's honestly yeah. how I do a lot of my characters is they start off as just this one thing, and then as I'm playing, I kind of figure out, um, you know, layers to add to that. Um, but there was that whole thing sort of at the start about how, you know, Nami was saying, like, oh, this is, like, this is your fault that it's he, you know, he got hurt and stuff. You could have prevented that. And all of a sudden that creates a really interesting situation. Where even though Luffy's a one-dimensional character, like I was genuinely wondering, like how's he gonna justify this? You know, like how does he, how would he respond to that? How's he gonna explain the decisions and stuff? And he's, and he, you know what? He pulled it through. That guy, that lovable misfit, that lovable dumbass. Like, yeah, like, oh, like I wouldn't stop it. I wouldn't get in the way of someone's dreams. You know, like and I was like, I like that
0: because that yeah. was very much his, his beliefs. Like he's still that one-dimensional jerk, yeah. not jerk, uh, idiot, but the reason he came up with for why I did the things I did matches with what we already know about him, but it means that he thought about that and was like, no, no, it's not just because of that, it's because of who I am as a person. So like I'm able to see other people's point of view, and I react to it in my way.
1: Yeah, like, I think that, I'm not really sure how you'd set it up. Well, I guess that's how you'd set it up. But, like, that's a great kind of thing to do if you can as a a dungeon master, to set up a situation like that where essentially the player still just plays their character the same, you know? But Mm. all of a sudden they're adding this kind of layer to it. And it makes... it makes The character itself hasn't, like, become more three-dimensional, but the way you perceive them has, in a way, if that kind of makes sense. I don't know if I'm explaining what I... Yeah. No,
0: no, I get what you mean. Hopefully the audience does too. Um, I think it's a case where you give them the choice where the smart thing to do as a person, like you give them what's a very clear choice for them as a character, like because of the way they play, because of their beliefs, you give them a very clear choice, but yeah. you make the other option something that anyone else would make. Like. Uh,
1: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and that gets them to double down on that element of their character. And it, that's honestly a great one because it gets to work both ways. If they choose the character route and go, this is what my character believes, this is what they, they stick with, they get to have that awesome moment of characterization. And if they choose the other one, well, they've got to then reconcile it. And it's like, well, is the character growing? Are they changing? And yeah. that feels like a win-win yeah, to yeah. me because then you can go, well, all right, well, here's another choice. And it's similar in that first one's like, but now you're starting to choose another way and you're starting to shift how the character sees things and you're, you're changing the character and whether that's good or bad, it's like, that's up to how you play them. But yeah, I think that's a, a great option for getting the character, getting the players actually, rather than even the characters, to really dive into what makes their character the person they want them to be.
1: Yes, thank you for explaining it a lot more eloquently than I could.
0: I don't think I did. I think I, like, spewed <sighs> out a bunch of words that were very yeah. syllable. but
1: I, I, I just but it sounded, sounded good. That was classic DMing, sounded right? <laughs> just, It sounded confident.
0: It was, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. This is how I roll. You're it was the delivery. Calm. It's just, I've got Riz and that's what it is. It's like that's
1: how Mihawk, why, yeah. Mihawk would be a great dungeon master.
0: Fuck yeah. Mihawk would be the best dungeon master. You know what? Honestly, Luffy would be as well.
1: Yeah. Totally very different games. Um, yeah,
0: very different games, but Luffy would be an amazing dungeon master. Uh, what? I don't know. Do I want to talk, know, talk about Buggy? Let like talk Mihawk, about
1: Buggy. I feel like Mihawk would not like to talk that much, though, would be the other thing.
0: No, yeah, let's Mihawk would be very. No, I want to talk about Mihawk now. Um, Mihawk <laughs> would be combat heavy. He would have a lot of plans within plans. It feels like he'd just be—I uh, guess if you—he wouldn't be to fight RP. Thing, yeah, he no, wouldn't do a lot. No. of- No, he'd do dungeon crawls, but they would be fucking awesome dungeon crawls. Like you would be thinking every moment of it. You would—it would be an art. It would just be this beautiful trek as you went through and every encounter would lead into the next one and it'd just be this scaling level and he's like, well, if you're not good enough, you're just not good enough. And he not, would have really would, good
1: descriptions of things.
0: Yeah, but he'd do it in that deadpan, just like, this is just what yeah. it looks like. Like, I'm pleased um, that it, you enjoyed That's, enjoy a, that's it, a fun kind of potential segment. Which play is the dungeon master? Or- yeah, which
1: Yeah, characters as dungeon masters or as players, you know
0: all right we're doing that now i'm putting it in <laughs> Just well last time we did up. like
1: with the kitty cat crew i don't know what the proper name oh was. that's right what was it? the black cats what Was the it? black
0: cats yeah the black cat pirates
1: um yeah we talked about it like as a boss fight sort of thing which we didn't really oh, yeah, get this right. time around because it wasn't really a a monster of the week sort of situation
0: no um, we did get a fight. It was. We did get a yeah. fight. That was a fun fight. I liked it. I enjoyed it. This is where Buggy came out. Um, and now, okay, let's talk about Buggy. Um, Buggy I love that he's just ahead.
1: Uh, yeah. I like Buggy, honestly.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of glad that he came back at the very end of the episode and he's still just ahead. Like, I love that of you've got a villain who's now not an ally, but has zero power. And just hangs out with the party. Yeah. Like that trope, chef's kiss. Like Spike in Buffy. Um I'm trying to think of other situations. I, I want yeah. to say empowered, but no one except me is read empowered. Um Empowered's one of my favorite ones, honestly. This evil demon from like another universe gets trapped in a belt. And just like has the biggest vocabulary, everyone's like, "Bring me the remote control," because he's just left on the coffee table for the rest of the time. <sighs> it's really fun, but he actually like gets to see all these characters, and there's like a whole deeper thing going on. Anyway, Uh but yeah, that idea that he's just now a head in a bag, and he's yeah. sending his ears to listen to people. That's where I want to want to talk about because he says he has eyes and ears everywhere. Obviously, he only has two eyes, which we see, but his ears been just listening in and in um in the hat for for so long which makes me wonder like luffy last episode you were fixing the hat did you not notice the ear stuck in it
1: that one felt a little bit like a little i feel like that's like the dm trying to cover their tracks a little bit like yeah <laughs> they're like how did you find us oh i've got yeah uh yeah he's detached what yeah of course
0: It's got attachable ears, remember that? Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. Phew, and Luffy just like, yeah, yeah, that does make sense. (laughs) Uh, But it really was just, how do the villains always know what you're doing? It's like, oh, because they're scrying on you, because um, they're listening in on you, because they got a spy somewhere. I don't know, fuck, we need the story to move on.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, but the fact that he's called Buggy and he bugs people and it's just, it's levels, it's great, I love it. Uh, that's all I want to say about Buggy, I hope he sticks around. The Oct is really good too. I, I feel didn- like didn-
1: Buggy's like a random encounter that because it happens i think the ones that happen really early in the campaign as well those like stick Mm. in people's memories and i think that's the one where it's like he he keeps coming back like he wasn't meant to come back but it's like oh we keep bringing opportunities like we need someone from their past to kind of reappear it's like oh let's let's do buggy you know everyone loves buggy like
0: yeah wait i feel like he's the goblin that they've adopted
1: oh i mean at this point definitely yeah
0: yeah He's just become like the, the mascot for them. Weird as fuck mascot. Oh. Um, I was gonna talk about treachery and stuff, but the the amount of time we spent on chefs and, and that has um kind of drained me. So I feel like I wanna wrap it up. Unless there's anything else you'd like to say.
1: Um Treachery Chefs well, I mean we
0: so- I did want to say one other thing. The fact that, um, Sanji was just some random child working on a ship. Oh um, yeah. And seems to have no parents, but then has a found father. Like that is the most D and D thing in this episode, that there's just a remarkably high number of orphans.
1: Oh yeah. Adventuring attracts like, orphans. Yeah. It does. Like, fl- like flies to honey.
0: Yeah. It's like Usopp's an orphan and, uh, luffy's an orphan assuming zoro's an orphan same thing for- i have a feeling nami's got parents um i feel like nami like part of her treachery reasons. yeah she's like she's like running alive. away
1: yeah she's running away from her past like
0: or maybe it's like she'll work for the pirates if they like promise not to kill her family or something that feels like that feels like oh yeah she's I'm being like coerced
1: day. into it that makes sense. yeah
0: or not as much coerce. It's like, no, no, as long as you're working for us, well, of course we're not going to destroy your village. That's what, we wouldn't yeah. do that. You're working for us. Kind of thing. But yeah, just everyone's fucking orphan in this show. Um, Is that a common thing in Japan? Like, are there a lot of dead parents in Japan? Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. I know what I said. Let's, uh, let's pretend I didn't say that one. I apologize.
1: Um, uh, I was going to say, uh, you can cut that out if you want.
0: <laughs> Can I know? Can I though? Uh um
1: no there was like the meeting there was you saw like Mihawk and Garp had met up and talked to each other. Oh yeah, really I like interesting. that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, I like that Mihawk was just like, "No, nah, I don't actually follow your orders. I do what I the, want. Honestly,
1: I've stopped I've like I'm starting to care less and less about like the Marines and for Kobe like Yeah. It's just not as exciting. I, um
0: I want Kobe to stop sides already like they're not a threat, the other pirates are the threat.
1: I reckon he's going to be like the best marine, like that's his arc.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I reckon next episode um they're going to team up with with um who do you call? It? With team up with Garp to go after Arlong.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be a case of that. It's like Luffy is very much the lesser of two evils, and eventually, Kobe and Garp are going to realize always oh, being a different type of pirate who just wants adventure and not destroying people.
1: No, I so reckon that's... Garp just Garp just hates him. This is his granddad.
0: No, like, he's no, had time. He loves him. I reckon he's so proud of him. That's why he was laughing in the last episode when the ship got destroyed. He was like having his maniacal laugh. He's like, "Yes, he's learning how to destroy people." <laughs> I don't know what to say with that one. All right, well, um, was there anything else? I'm oh, sorry. The only other thing, thing
1: was when they were fighting and he, like, splashed the seawater on him.
0: Oh, that yeah, like, that was genius. That
1: seems incredibly, yeah, but also, like, like a very easy thing to do, you know? Like, there's seawater everywhere. Like, surely Luffy should be more careful.
0: <laughs> he should, but he's not. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. The fight started inside, and you notice that, um, that Arlong very deliberately knocked him out. Like, knocked him out of the restaurant to where all yeah, the seawater yeah. was. Because he's like, oh, cool. You got devil fruit. I know everything about you. I'm going to get you in a position where I can weaken you.
1: Yeah. It seems like a pretty that big did... weakness for devil fruit. It is.
0: Like... It just made me wonder. Like, I know he can't swim, but human bodies are pretty buoyant anyway. Like, thanks to the Do you think it's because the, the of the fruit? Like,
1: that's, that's what I was thinking. I think it is. Do you think the fruit like, makes it so you can't swim?
0: I think the fruit just like makes you sink like a stone. Like you can try swimming, but it's just not gonna do anything. It doesn't matter whether you know how or not. Yeah. So like what you said, but with, with slightly extra reasons. <laughs> basically just concrete. <sighs> okay. Do you think Buggy if they chuck Buggy in the water then he'd just drown? Well, I don't know. Because he's
1: obviously he's is he the only other devil fruit user we've met so far? I'm, so, I'm yeah. assuming Shanks. Yeah. Well, Shanks was swimming, wasn't he? Uh, maybe. When he went to rescue Luffy. Remember when Luffy was like, got kidnapped by that pirate who could have just killed him? But like.
0: No, but he, I, th- I don't think he swam. I think he just grabbed him out of the water. Okay. Because didn't they fall? In, didn't the boat capsize or something? Because of the big sea monster? Remember. It was so long ago. Okay. It was so many years ago because Shanks has definitely got some sort of like magical power. I right reckon he best. can sea control Monster the
1: into... yeah the sea monsters.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. That's a cool power. Yeah, I like did Aqu- like the mihawk was it's like all a like I like Aquaman. your head, kid. Wow. Okay, look, when Aquaman comes at you with killer whales, <laughs> you are going to be singing a different song. I've seen the first Aquaman, and he tells, controls a kraken. So there, <laughs> it's for like, a kaiju or something. It's like a, it's. Julie Andrews? Yeah, it was Julie Andrews. Anyway, let us wrap it up there, because I am clearly just Oh, today. really
1: quick. I, I googled okay. the devil water. Uh, sure. devil, not devil water. <laughs> yeah, devil water.
0: Um,
1: No. Uh, the most prominent consequence of eating devil fruit is weakness to seawater. The sea yeah. hates and rejects devil fruit users, causes them to become weak and helpless. Um,
0: oh, I see. So it's so not that he so can't it's, swim, it's just he it's doesn't have just, the strength to do it.
1: Yeah, it's not just a lack of the power. It makes them weak as well, yeah. Right, right,
0: right, 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 right. Perfect. That makes perfect sense. Thank you so much, Google and Afif, for doing yep. the Googling. Um, well, I don't know if I want to do the crit hit, crit fail now because we've come up with this new thing for Dungeon Masters. <laughs> with the, um... I feel
1: like this one didn't have, like, the last episode had a lot of crit hit, crit fails. It was a more of it a did. lighthearted, yeah.
0: Yeah. Another, like, I mean, I do ones. have one. I do have one, which is um, Arlong getting a crit fail for not realising that Nami still loves her friends and he was just, that's why she was all like, just throw him in the water. That's, that's what's going to happen. It's like, definitely Classic doesn't have friends who are going to come and save him.
1: Classic villain trope. Um, right? My, I guess my crit success is um, seeing Sanji without his shirt on. Uh, <laughs> and that happened. When he after he pulled Luffy out of the water and he's just sitting oh that's like, right, kneeling there that's on the dock. Right. Yeah,
0: I I remember it happening. I just didn't remember when. It's like, okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, oh, I guess Zoro got a, for everyone.
1: Zoro got a crit hit, I guess, to come back right. Like that's a
0: yeah, death saves. No, I feel like he just like managed to stabilize and you know he healed over a period of time. That wasn't that impressive. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I speaking of Zoro and flashbacks. I did find it interesting that Zoro's flashback was like spaced out and interspersed through the episode. Um, the pirates are coming. Whereas this one with um, Sanji and Zef, it was just all one.
1: Yeah. There's been a lot of different approaches because pretty much all the characters have had like little backstory snippets and stuff.
0: I certainly um, prefer so this way for, for Sanji's flashback.
1: It makes me think they've got to do Nami, right? They've got to do it in the next. Couple.
0: Oh yeah, the next one is Nami's. Because the next episode is the girl with the sawfish tattoo, which is what what uh, Nami has. It's that
1: David that David Fincher movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. David Fincher did the girl with the <laughs> with the star with the dragon tattoo. I don't know. Okay, cool. I guess you're looking it up now. Um, thank you so much for listening. Audience, dear audience, um, we really appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing wherever podcasts are found. Uh, send emails and questions and answers to uh, dnd and and tvp. Let me try that again dnd and and tvpod at gmail.com where you can tell us who you know did the of the Dragon tattoo. Um, You can come over to Instagram and find us at dnd and tvpod. We're brought to you by Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne, where we have a bunch of um, what do you call those things? Games uh, that we run at Fortress uh, Emporium every Sunday. Probably not at the moment because it is summer um, and and December and Christmas holidays and whatnot. Uh, That's probably what I should say. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Um, because it's probably going to happen before the next episode goes up, if I'm doing this correctly. Uh, and if not, I'll just say it later. Um, what else do I need to say? I need to say you can book us for games. You can find us at Um We really appreciate you spending more time with us, listening to podcasts. My words today, it is not good. Um, a thief's not on social media. That's just his, his own personal bugbear. Um, share, like, subscribe. Best way to find new podcasts is for people to tell you about them. So that's why you should tell your friends about this one. I'm just going to wrap it up. Um, stay safe, be kind to yourselves. May all your hits be crits and we're going to be the king of the podcasts. Maybe not with me doing the outros, but eventually. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.